Welcome to OTR, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. This podcast is designed to help with your recovery from any mental issue you are up against. The show strives to give you information that really, for real, works. The podcast interviews real people that have recovered or are managing their mental health. We also talk to people that offer suggestions and coping mechanisms you may want to try. Bob Adelman, the host of OTR, shares his 50 years of struggles with mental illness and the techniques of recovery. He is still on his journey, as you can hear in the episode, called Perfect Storm Fighting Demons. So, help him fight this monster called mental illness and the stigma that goes with it. Thank you. Amanda does a great job, as always, telling you about what the show is about. And I'm going to tell you what the episode is about. Today we have a gentleman named Bobby Walker. He suffered from major depression when he was younger and overcame it using several techniques that he came up with. So it's very interesting. I think the techniques will help. So stay tuned and we'll go right to the interview. Hello, Bobby. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Do you mind telling the listener more about yourself? Um, well, my name is Bobby, and uh, I am in my late 40s. I've been dealing with depression for about 30 years now. Okay. And uh, when did the depression start? Was it? Did you always have it? Because mine started kind of late. I st- mine developed um, in high school, near the end of high school. Okay. Um, and mine, I was primarily driven by a woman. Oh, okay. So you had a a, a problem with a woman, and that triggered your depression. I, I had this on again, off again relationship, and I yo-yoed in it for about a year. And at the end of the year, I just was um, pretty much suicidal, depressed. Oh, that's not just, good. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, so what did you do? Did you go to the counselor right away? or? Well, I didn't even really understand what was really going on with me. Um, out of high school, I enlisted um, in the military. Okay. Um, and they actually diagnosed me as a manic depressive, um, there at boot camp and sent me back home. Is that bipolar one? Manic depressive I don't even one? know because I don't think bipolar was a thing back then. Oh, okay. Um, right, they, uh, manic is sort of what happens with bipolar people. Right. And they probably would call it bipolar these days, but I don't think that was a thing back when I was diagnosed. Okay, so did you go to counseling after that or anything? Um, You know, I don't think I did go to any counseling, and I don't think I really took any medication for a long time. Um, okay. I, I just would go through these um, these roller coaster rides where, mm. you know, I'm like all happy-go-lucky one minute, and then, you know, I can't get out of my head the next. So when did you start going to to a counselor and or, and or taking medication for it? 
Um, actually, it wasn't until I was in my 30s, late 30s, I think. Um, my wife at the time, she kind of got tired of me because she didn't know what I was going to be like from one minute to the next. And so I ended up going um, to a psychiatrist and, you know, had a couple of sessions there. They gave me some medication, which helped. Um, it, it did help a lot. Okay. Well, um, do you remember the name of the medication? I honestly don't. I don't okay. even take medication for it anymore. Okay. And, and and is there a reason why you don't want to take the medication? I'm one of those people that I feel like medicine may may help, but I don't like to be dependent upon medicine. Yeah, I understand. Uh, um, what I found that's really has worked out well for me is to find those little things that I do that make me feel happy. Right. And when I start to feel down, then, you know, I go and do my little happy things. Right. I mean, that, uh, that's a great way to do Um One of the things that we say on the show is that if you get a bad thought, then, you know, change the thought. So you're kind of doing the same thing by going to and, and doing something that you enjoy. So that takes it, you out of the depression most of the time. Um, I, well, I, if I, over the course of time, I kind of have learned to recognize, you know, when I'm starting to get a little depressed. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I recognize in myself that I'm doing that, um, then I'll go out and, you know, try to get out of my head because if I stay in my head and think and start dwelling on these things, then I just go spiraling down. So did you ever have any, uh, major episodes where you had to be hospitalized or anything like that? I've, I've never been hospitalized, but there are a couple of times, especially, you know, early on that, I probably should have been hospitalized, okay. if I'm going to be honest about it. Now, now your manicness, does that last days? Or, um... Boy, I tell you what, sometimes it lasts like an hour, and then sometimes it can, you know, it can last for like a week. Okay. Um, and, and there's just no rhyme or reason to it. Um, and... So, you know, I might be going along and, you know, something might trigger, you know, and then next thing you know, I'm, I'm spiraling down and it's literally like a roller coaster. Like I go down fast. Yeah, I understand. Uh, is it always have to be, uh, does it always come on after something, uh, bad happens or does it come on sometimes like when you're in the middle of a vacation or, Having a good time. You know, there's a lot of times if something happens that is, you know, like negative, like, man, it could be someone, you know, just saying, you know, like some innocent criticism or, you know, like, oh, I feel like I'm having a bad day. And then next thing you know, all I'm doing is dwelling on all the bad things that are going on. Okay. 
And so one way I try to cope with that is to, when I'm starting to dwell on all the bad things happening, is just to start making good things happen. That that sounds good. Um, Do you get anxiety at all? You know, I never realized this until maybe uh, just a few months ago that I actually do get a little anxiety from time to time. And I think that anxiety does kind of factor into it as well. Okay. So not every depression is accompanied by anxiety, but you're saying you do get anxiety. Is it normally the anxiety you get? Is it during your depression? Um, I don't think it's actually during, I don't even think I'm necessarily depressed when the anxiety happens. Okay. Um, and I honestly feel like anxiety is kind of maybe a recent thing. I don't know that I've ever had anxiety before. Um, but it's, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like the two are really related, if that makes sense. Um, in a, lot um, of, in a lot of cases, anxiety, like in my case, anxiety comes with depression, like a package deal. <laughs> but everybody's different, so it sounds like yours is kind of a, a separate anxiety, and then you can get depressed at any point, it sounds like. I mean, right. I mean, is it a, like almost every day you get depressed? Um, no, and actually, um, it used to be it would go from like day to day to day, but um, over the last few years, I've kind of gotten off the medicine and I've gotten these kind of habits where I, um, where you know, I'll try to do something or think about something that you know makes me happy and that then um helps me cope and it helps me cope it it, and and it's worked and i actually haven't had medicine for it in probably the last three or four years do you go to a counselor or you stop going no no i i've only ever been a couple of times are you you're just uncomfortable to talk, or it's too much money, or? Oh well, number one, it's too much money. I I can't really afford to go see a counselor because I don't have health care. I don't have health insurance, so I can't really afford the money that it costs to actually go and see a counselor. Um, Understood. Oh, but uh, by the same token. I don't know. I I have some friends who are actually counselors. I don't even. I wouldn't even feel comfortable, really, you know, talking to them about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of kind of one of those private people, and I don't like. Yeah, what, one of the themes of the show is to make it known that it's not, you know, so bad that you have to be, ashamed, you know, kind of ashamed of it. That it's just sort of a natural problem that occurs and it can be treated by counseling and medicine and sort of some of the things that you were doing. I had to say, I think counseling would probably do you a world of good, but you're saying, uh, are you working currently? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah. What, what, a, what do you do again? Oh, I'm a I'm a programmer. Oh, well, I'm a programmer. What do you program oh, it? Hey. Uh, well, I uh, was. I retired. My my big thing now is um, I'm doing a React. Okay, I don't know. Uh, which is a web based technology. Okay. Does it, I yeah. work I work from home, so you know I'm here at home all the time, and sometimes that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Because, Do you, you live know, alone? No, um, I have a girlfriend who's got uh, four kids. Ooh. Um. So we have we have one with us full time, and then we have two of them with us part time, and then the fourth is an adult, and she's off on her own, but. Um, we, uh, I'm here during the day by myself, and that's not always necessarily a good thing no. when you have depression. No, no. But um, I've I do really well. Um, I don't. Um, I I'm pretty much don't necessarily feel like I have depression so much anymore because okay. it doesn't come around as much as it used to. Okay. But I have made a lot of changes in my life, um, you know, to try to eliminate um, people and things that would trigger. That's a good idea. Depression. <laughs> I um, kind of eliminated almost everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, but, you know, <laughs> and that's probably one of the most difficult things is recognizing the people that may be causing part of your problems. And, you know making the hard, hard, hard choice to eliminate them from your life. Just, yeah, you know. it's, it's, it's hard to recognize that they're causing you a problem and that, you know, you really shouldn't associate with them anymore. I have it, yeah. I have it down to a couple of friends I call. I'm here in South Carolina, and I, I grew up in New Jersey, so I don't really have any friends here because a lot of it goes through church, and I don't really... Uh, belong to any church. So, does the work that you do put a lot of pressure on you, or is it pretty straightforward? Um, no, it it does from time to time. It doesn't all the time, but sometimes, you know, I do get in in some high pressure situations, which oddly enough, most of the time actually helps me because it keeps me focused and sure. keeps my mind. It gives on. you adrenaline. Uh, yeah, you know, that's the effect. That a lot of people get, uh, they get all nervous beforehand, and then as soon as it's happening, they're they're calm. Everything is calm. So, um, does your what did you say, girlfriend? Yes. Yeah. Does she work too, or? Yes, she does. I do make her go to work. Yep. You make her go to work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Look, unless she tells me she's not going, I make her go. We we have a wonderful relationship. Oh, she's not. Great. She's unlike my ex-wife. Um, she doesn't do anything that triggers my mm-hmm. depression, or anxiety, or. Um, when when did you get your divorce from your first? Um, two thousand six, late two thousand sixteen. Okay. I had been married for thirteen years. Yeah, and there was even an episode. Just, I mean. In maybe four, 2014, I think, um, my parents had given me a, a gun, a handgun, because, you know, we didn't have a gun at all. 
Um, mm-hmm. So they gave me one so we'd have one in case, you know, somebody broke in. Right. Um, I, I had that gun in my house for like two days before I gave it back to my brother. Um, because all I could think about was using it on myself. Well, you know, they say that uh, there are more suicides if there are more guns available. That's one of the things that, that you know, they're trying to put a little bit more regulation on guns. Oh, that's a whole discussion yeah. for a whole another podcast. Right yeah, there. that's true. But yeah, there's a lot of people that are worried about um, Second Amendment. But just to give perspective, though, I'm now today. Um, I, I have a shotgun right yeah. beside my bed. I got that pistol back from my brother, and I keep it um, in another room. And I don't think about using them on myself. They're here for, you know, because I live out. Do you know why? Do you know why it's different? Than- the, it's, the, the, the difference, I believe, is the fact that I've kind of removed all of the negative triggers out of my life. And so I don't, I, I just don't even think about suicide anymore. Do, do you do any exercise and do you eat right or you, you um know? <laughs> no I, I i do try to do some walking um i don't i don't eat a necessarily healthy diet I get, bipolar can really be helped especially bipolar one by eating right i had a um, guest that explained that you know he changed his whole diet and he feels much better. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, my advice is I drink Diet Mountain Dew like it's going out of style. Mm, that might um, be, that doesn't give you anxiety. No. Okay. No. Um. I I just quit smoking, but I overall I've made a lot of changes that, and I've only tried to make positive changes. When when you quit the smoking, I mean, I had to be a little anxiety there, right? Uh, N- nervousness. Yeah, no? The thing of it was, is I kind of got myself into this mindset where I need, I know I need to do it. And so once I set my mind, I need to do something, then I just figure out a way to make it happen. That's good. That's good. Um, and I, when you deal with depression all the time, and if you develop that skill to like, to get yourself out of your mind, it really helps you do things, other things that don't right. even relate to depression because you just decide, hey, I've got to do this. I've got to get myself out of my head. I've got to quit smoking. I've got to get myself out of debt. And you start thinking and then you figure out ways to do it and make it happen. And then, you know, I, you, I just find I'm not as depressed anymore as I used to be. And, that's great. Uh, do you have any history of depression in the family? I don't honestly know. I don't think yeah. so. Uh, right. Not that I'm aware of. Like your parents weren't. No. Uh, yeah, that's good. So it sounds like uh, you have it pretty much under control. Um, I mean, you're on the borderline of taking medicine. And if you did take it, it you might not have to fight as much. But I understand your choice because... It has side effects and, you know. 
And if, if I just, I don't know, I'm wired in a way that I feel like if I can do it without the medicine, I should be struggle. I should, even if it's a struggle, I should be doing it without the medicine because then I know it's just me doing it. Yeah. And I don't have to have that chemical help to get it done. But if that yeah. makes sense. No, the only problem is like my son is similar to you as far as trying to, you know, get rid of it himself. But he has a pretty bad depression he, he inherited from me. It's more of a physical thing. And he had to take medicine. But um there are cases like you're you're describing where it's not super bad. It's it's you know people should try to do it without the medicine if that's possible. Uh I I would personally think you would benefit from a counselor, but like my son, he he's not comfortable uh, talking about himself like that. Uh, and I'm not either. And it was a real struggle on whether or not even to come on your podcast. Understood. I'm glad you came. Uh, if there's anything you want me to cut out at any point, I can do that. But, yeah, no, uh, no. Um, so, do you have a podcast? I do have a podcast, yes. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast? My podcast is called America the Absurd. <laughs> what is that about? Uh, basically, it's about, I, just so you're aware, I'm a constitutionalist. I'm, I'm not a, I'm, not necessarily a Democrat or a Republican. I just believe in the Constitution. And so, you know, I talk about all of these things that are happening today and and why they're so crazy. And, you know, like we're talking about, you're talking about the gun control. And I did an episode a, a, a little while back where um, I talked about the Second Amendment and what it originally meant. Mm-hmm. And and the original um, Second Amendment was put there to so that we could have an armed militia that was ready to come out and defend our country right. at a time when we didn't really have much of a standing army. Mm-hmm. And so that Second Amendment was put in place so that the people would be able to defend themselves. Right. Um, and so <laughs> my... Reasoning, and if you look back at the original intention that we have a standing militia, we have people who can walk out the door and fight a war if we need to. And and to do that, you have to have the same armaments that the military has in order to be an effective armed fighting force. And so my my argument is simply this. By the original intentions, I should be able to have... The gun, whatever that gun may be, I should be able to have that gun. All right. But, you know, you do have certain statistics about suicide and things like that. There's less suicides without guns. But, you know, it's a whole big topic. (laughs) That was my my biggest position when I was laying all this out about the militia and us having the right to keep those weapons is that it's not a weapon problem. It's a people problem. Oh, yeah. It's always a people problem. 
And no one's focused on fixing the people problem. It's the person using it that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. But for some reason, if it's available, people tend to use it for suicide more often. So there's points well, like that you can make. But, right, but, you know, I, in all honesty, if if someone wants to take their own life, they don't have to have a gun to do it. There's a lot of other ways to do it as well. Yeah, I mean, and hopefully, you know, I'm trying to stop people from having to do suicide. I mean, that's the intent and, of the show, is that I'm trying to show people recover from depression, and that because some people get really, really bad, like myself. I was a basket case, and it's inherited. My sister had it. My brother had it. My son has it. So it's not made up. It's just an inherited problem that doesn't allow you to be happy. Like, like you say, you, you said, I'll do what I like to do. During a bad depression, you don't like to do anything. Oh, well, and, and if and if one of your listeners is contemplating suicide, I, you know what? Reach out to me. Let me talk to you. I'll, yeah, I'll me try too. to help you through it. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely. I will encourage you. I will learn about you. I will tell you all the good things that you can't see because you can't get out of your head. Yeah, but see, uh, being experienced with this. No matter what you say, I, I still won't like it. There's still, I know, I know. there's still chemicals I, in your head that are, are messed up, out of balance. And, you know, for me, the only cure was medicine. The only cure was medicine. So, you know, when we look at ourselves in a mirror, we are our own worst critic. True. And the things that we think about ourselves probably half the time are not nearly as bad as as we're making them out to be. I agree. But when you're depressed. But when you're depressed, you can't. Bad. Yeah, everything's bad. It's like turning up the volume, you know, on a radio when you used to have volume <laughs> or knobs. Yeah. You know, cranking it up to a maximum and, uh, anxiety a maximum depression. It, it, and yes. if one, one thing, you know, that a person can try is to look in that mirror and, and tell that person staring back at them one good thing about themselves. Yeah. Just want to start with one good thing. I like this about you. That, that, that's great advice once you're stable. But there are conditions that many people suffer from where they're not stable and anything they try to do, it's not going to work. It's just not going to happen. But if, if they are someone who's really suffering from it, they're probably, and they're that bad, they're probably not in a place where they're listening to a podcast anyway because they can't get out of their heads. Well, I think some so, people listen that, you know, we, they got a lot of groups and, for different types of mental health issues. It's so easy, especially in our society today, it's so easy to criticize everyone. 
anyone. Cancel culture, it, yeah. Yes. I would just encourage your listeners to, when you see someone that you know, always mention something good about them because you never know what they're really going through. No, so, I, you know, I, I agree. Once, I think there's two states, I think unstable and stable. If you're stable, then I think talk therapy, counseling, that that's going to do it. If you're unstable, like I was, you, I mean, nothing's going to help. And I could be on the beach or on vacation, relaxing, and you're still depressed. So it's not situational at that point. It's physical. And I guess that's the thing I'm trying to emphasize is that no matter what you do, at some point, I think you're going to need something else. Maybe it's medicine, maybe it's something else, hospitalization, but I just want to emphasize that it's a chemical imbalance. So, so I'm saying that the brain is like that. It is an organ, and it needs medication sometimes. In my opinion, other people disagree with that. And there are other techniques like ECT. Uh, I'm not too hot about that one. But everybody has to explore their own recovery and, you know, talk with your doctor. Because I'm certainly not a doctor. I'm just trying to say what happened to me. There was a point where I could not function. If you get to that point, you may want to think about taking some medication. Maybe you can get off of it later. But I think it's a viable solution if you get to the point of dysfunctionality. So an example would be if a manic person went into La La Land, he thought I was talking to him at that point. I think he needs medication. And there were other examples. In my case, I just had whopping anxiety and depression, and it was unbearable. Um, and I needed to go in the hospital, and they put me on medication, and that saved me. Um, I think Bobby's techniques are very good, and, and I think you should always try to do them, but then also you need to recognize when it gets to a point where, you know, no matter what you do, it's not it's not helping as much as it, you want it to. When right. you're when you're stable, when you're in that good place, that's a good time to start practicing the good habits. Um, you know, inc- be encouraging to yourself and not discouraging yourself. Um, and, and find little <laughs> habits and little things that, that make you happy, uh, a little hobby, um, something to keep your hands, you know, busy and focus on, something like that. And, and if you're doing these things while you're up, you may find that you're up more and more and more and a lot less down than you maybe used to be. I, I think your form of recovery is 
an excellent way to go. I would throw in a counselor here and there if you had to. If you, if yeah, if you, if you can, if you can go to a counselor and, and it helps go and do that, do all the things that help and try to dodge all the things that you don't, that don't really help. And maybe you need like a trigger book. Like if you know something triggers you, write it down, you know, And, and write it down every time it triggers you and write it down again. Um, because then you'll start recognizing your down triggers. And if you can start recognizing your down triggers, maybe you can hopefully avoid I, I couldn't be in more agreement with you. I think they're excellent points. But I have to put a but in there. There is a point where it becomes physical, where it's just the brain organ is malfunctioning, period. There's right. nothing you can do. I'm, I'm not yeah. disputing that. I'm just, I know when you're down, nothing in the world's going to really change you. Right. Uh, all I wanted to try to do is encourage people to try to find ways to delay oh, down, sure. down. And, and once you're and, stable, you're not happy. You're just stable. So to be happy, you can do uh, techniques like what you're saying. Once you're at, you know, you know, you're not just totally, I mean, out there where you, it's hard to describe how horrible it is, but. Oh, it's, it's I, let me tell you, um, when, when this first started happening to me, um, it wouldn't take, you know, I was in the middle of, of this vicious cycle with, with that high school girlfriend and um when when i would start down i i would be at rock bottom in like two and a half seconds um and all i could think about when i'm down at rock bottom is how miserable can i can i be and you know, the more I thought about it and the more I dwelled on it, the worse it got. And it would bring me to tears, yeah. you know, and being, uh, especially, you know, in the late 80s, being a guy that cries wasn't necessarily a good thing in the no. 80s. See, and that's another problem about this kind of macho thing. Uh, crying is a natural form of grieving. There's absolutely nothing wrong with crying unless, you know, it's like you're the person responsible. You don't want to make it. I mean, you, you don't want to be a, a, a head of a army group and start crying because you, right. you got a problem. But in your house by yourself, I say cry. Like even funerals today. Is this, they're all celebrations of life. No. No. We have to mourn. Morning, yeah. We, we have to mourn. And mourning is crying. And, you know, I'm all for crying. I, I love crying. I think it's, I think, uh, I think it's me- healthy to, to be able to do that periodically, you know? Um, right. I, it's very healthy because it just, it'll, it's, it's like this chemical reaction in your body that just, you know, like, Oh, I'm just letting this grief go. But yeah, I mean, when I was a teenager, yeah. 
being a guy and crying was not a good thing. And, and this is the kind of stigma that, you know, this show looks at and tries to examine why. I mean, and I look at it in a logical way rather than in, I guess, an emo, not emotional, but I, I understand that people don't want to appear weak. But you know, crying it, is not necessarily to me a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you have emotions and that you're a person mm-hmm. and you have feelings just like everyone else. And sometimes we just get so sad about something that that's just our body's way of reacting. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's totally natural. It's totally natural. And I wish people would realize that. And let's have funerals. I'm for funerals. I I mean. Everybody's sad this guy died. They're they're not. I mean, celebrated their life later. Right. But. You gotta, you gotta grieve it. You gotta get it out. Like, you see these old Romanian women or whatever it is. I don't want to pick on Romanian women, but you know, they're on the casket going, Oh my, you know, and that's exactly what you have to do. That's exactly what makes it easier to mourn and grieve and, and, and get better. Because when somebody dies that's close to you, I mean, that's terrible. That, that puts people in depression. Uh, and you gotta learn to deal with the stages of grief. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm just saying that you, you have to grieve. And, and if you can't, I mean, if you're, if you're down and, and you don't really feel like you have someone to talk to, get a journal, write it down, receive. That's a good, that's a good I idea. mean, because sometimes we can't talk um, to people. And one of the things that I did back then to kind of cope was I, I wrote, I wrote po- like little poems that weren't necessarily any of them any good. But, you know, it let me put my feelings out on paper in a way, and, and get them out of my head where I'm just thinking about them all the time. And I start mm-hmm. writing about various things and, then that translated into like little short stories here and there that nobody ever read. And I never kept, you know, I'd write them down and then, you know, I ended up discarding them or losing them. I don't even know what happened to them, but right. The writing right. part of it helps because you're not talking to someone, but you're still speaking oh, yeah. to the paper. What's going on with you? Yeah. I, I'm glad we have a show like this because a lot of times I tend to concentrate too much on really bad depression, but, and I don't really discuss depression where it's not putting you in a hospital, where it's, you know, not making you into a crazy maniac or, or a psycho or whatever. So I think it's important to discuss a topic like this for the people that are like you, where you can, you can, you know, battle it without the medicine or without even without counseling, although I, I still think everyone should have a counselor of some type. Hey, that may, so. hey, let me tell you, um, when I was 19, my counselor was a notebook. Um, I, I know. You know, I, because, and again, I, I grew up 
where you didn't talk about your feelings to like your parents or to, you know, you're a guy, you don't talk about your feelings. And that was the end of that, you know? So I had to find other outlets for my feelings. Um, yeah, you did. I mean, what you did was just the right thing. I mean, for for your situation, you did exactly the right thing. And it's very good information to put out over the air. So people, People have to recognize when they can do that and when they can't do that. Yeah. So, and, and what you do is you look at your inheritance also. That's important to look at your father or your grandpa. If somebody had bad depression, it's likely that you might get that. So that's what the show tries to define the difference. And uh, it's hard. It's very difficult for a lot of people to my son. Toughest guy in the world. And he got it. And he handled it well. But he basically was a zombie. You know. Uh, he handled it better than I did, I think. But he, he was a zombie until he got some medication. And that got him out of it. And he's determined to get off the medication, which, you know, is a very dangerous thing in some cases, but if you do get off, well, I'm saying that it is you get off slowly, very slowly, and it's everybody's choice whether they're gonna they're gonna stay on the medicine or not. Because one thing I have to emphasize is that once you get off a of medicine, you feel great because you don't have side effects anymore, and then a month later, boom. You can hit you. So just be very careful with that. I think a lot of people successfully get off medication. And I, I'm so. a big believer. If you are on medication and you want to get yourself off, go talk to your doctor about reducing the dosage and reducing the dosage right. and do it the right way. Yeah, really weed off of it. But I'm going to have to end it. Um, you're a great guest. Uh, I'm glad you gave that perspective. I think it's very important. That people know that once they they can help themselves, they 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 have to have techniques to help themselves. And we had a couple of shows where people gave techniques on how you know you can help yourself, like worry less. I, could, so, could I add? One I think more this thing was the, before we. Sure. No, I always ask uh, that you you say your piece at the end. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but. Um... No, it's okay. The one thing I would say is if, if if you are struggling and you are thinking about suicide, because um, I've been there many, many times, just remember that suicide is like a one-time thing. There's no turning back once you, once you do no it. No second chance. Um, right. and, and you you may feel like no one wants you around, but if you do decide to commit suicide, you will hurt a lot of people and you, people you don't say that all the time. That I, I emphasize on almost every show because you are really going to hurt people very badly. I mean, it just terrible. Uh, You know, and especially some people do it in such a way that they, when you find the person they're hanging or, I mean, I don't think a mother would ever get that out of her head. No. 
You know? uh, and let me tell you, there's nothing worse for a parent than having their child li- life in before theirs. That's the absolute oh, yeah, worst thing that you could the do. The worst in the world, yeah. Is in a, for, as a parent, I want to go before my children go. No, definitely. I mean, I, uh, I pray that. I mean, I, I don't have a, I have like my own little personal God. I don't believe in, uh, you know, gathering together and stuff, but you know, you gotta, you gotta do it. And, uh, is there any, um, other things you would like to plug? Why, why we got you? You got an email address? How do we reach you? Oh, yeah. Um, my email address is a little weird. It's Arithia Fan, A R Y T H I A F A N at Gmail dot com. Um, okay. My, and your podcast? My podcast is America the Absurd. It's out there in the wind on, I think, almost every platform. Um, oh, yeah, all well, the anchor podcasts. Anchor. Yeah. Um, I'm on Spotify, Apple Pad- Podcasts. So some mm-hmm. I've never even heard of. Um, right. Um, I'm also on Facebook, and I think it's Facebook Absurd America, I believe, is okay. is the link there, facebook.com slash Absurd America. Give a listen. Um, I talk about things. I get a little wound up and been out of shape, but, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of crazy things happening in our country, and I don't see that that's going to slow down. No, no, it is, it is crazy on both sides of the. And let me tell you, but, podcasting helps you get out of your head and, and speak your voice and, and talk where you're not talking to someone directly, but right. indirectly. So that could help. It helps me a lot because I'm alone a lot and I have kind of a social anxiety. So I'm more comfortable speaking at the microphone. Then, like, if I was right next exactly. to you. Exactly, exactly. I, I I have a real problem that was developed as a child. Uh, I wasn't allowed to speak to my family. I mean, if I did speak, they would cut me off. So every time I talk, I always worry that, oh, this person's going to cut me off. I mean, and I have, and I also have ADHD, which, which is difficult to... Get into a conversation with more than one person. If it's three people, I'm always the one that's out of it completely. I don't know what they're talking about because I fade in and out and it's hard for me to concentrate. Uh, I think I'm doing good considering all the things that were, was handed down to me. Hey, so, that sounds to me like uh, you're doing fantastic and it, I think you should keep it up. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't get no word out. And this show is going to get bigger and bigger. So I already reached my first 200 people show. Hey, congratulations. Uh, it took a while. I, you know, I can't brag too much, but. Uh, hey, I've got five normally, listeners on average. <laughs> I just started a couple of months ago. I don't. Yeah, that's what I don't it know is. a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, I don't really try to advertise it, but I am picking up, you know people here and there so i just maybe some people from this show will, will join hey me. just give it a listen give it a try and if, even if you don't like it 
still listen and give it a try. All right, Bobby. Thank you so much for coming on the hey, show. It was a pleasure to meet you, Bob. Being a great guest. Okay. Okay, that's Bobby Walker. Uh, remember to tune into his podcast, America the Absurd. Sounds interesting. Um, I wanted to tell you about a link I put out on Facebook. It has a uh, description of how ADHD kind of morphs into other problems like depression, anxiety, or it just is something that shows up in in those situations. So go ahead and check that out. Um, It's very technical, but I think you could pick out some areas that make, you know, make real sense. That's what I did. Okay. Uh, Everybody knows I'm at uh, over the rainbow bob at gmail.com. My Twitter site is over the rain one bow. And on Facebook, just have to uh, search for OTR, achieving mental health real. I won't keep you any longer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.